Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the start line by the stars of an innovative, interactive interview show like no other. One, celebrity acting coach, casting director, and director. The other is a talented actor of stage, film, and TV. We welcome co-hosts of Crackles Inside the Black Box, Tracy Moore and Joe Morton. Hello. Hello, how are you? Friends, absolutely great. Let's go beyond the mic. Inside the Black Box takes the rules of a traditional interview show, breaks every one of them. It's not about you two everyone else in the room, your guests, your students, everyone watching. Why was that so important for your show? Well, it's important because the show is actually bigger than Joe and I. I think that Joe and I are a great representation of bringing awareness to the different stories that people of color have to have, as opposed to our white counterpart in this entertainment business. And so through the obstacles, the hurdles and and the challenge is we still continue to persevere. And so this show is bringing awareness to these authentic stories from our guest. And then we wanted to create a platform. Both Joe and I have a love for actors, a real genuine love. And so we wanted to give them a platform where Joe has so much history. He shares history. And then combine with that, with these exercises, and then as a coach, I'm giving them not necessarily techniques, but templates for them to have as guides. We showcase them, and they get an opportunity to be seen by casting directors, producers, directors, agents, and that also provides other opportunities for them as well. So our goal is for us to move in the direction of solutions, workable budgets, for people of color, more people of color in green light positions in the studio, and also the ability to be able to use our voice, tell our stories in our voice, continue to just expand on an actor instead of being seen as a, a black actor, you know, being seen as an actor, a talent. And if it specifically calls for a person of color, then we understand that, but don't eliminate us from the roles based on color especially if it's a, a role that anybody can play. When I was in school, one of the things that used to happen was, and still does at the school that I went to, Hofstra University, there is a problem for black actors who are studying there that they only get cast in sort of culturally black roles. And they actually want to be able to expand from that. So, so part of what we do on this show is say, yes, your uniqueness, what makes you unique, makes you uh, capable or, or hopefully capable to play pretty much any role that's, that's put in front of you, that you should not be limited by your color, um, that a story that needs to be told shouldn't be limited because of the color of the folks in that story by the budget, um, that, that we need all that to open up. Um, uh, so it's very important. And, and the fact that when these um, A-listers come onto the show. They don't come on to talk about their latest show or their latest book or their latest whatever. They come to talk about their experiences as a black artist in this industry. And that gives uh, all the people around them in that, in that theater while we're shooting that episode real support and real history and a real sense of, oh, I see, this is a community. I'm not alone here going through this. The acting students you're helping are given publicity with their social media handles up on the screen as they perform. As you assist others with the knowledge of your own journeys, how does that one glimpse of, I got it, from someone on stage do to you, and how does it hit you? Well, you know, you know that's uh, there's a show that I once did called Eureka, and that is a Eureka moment. <laughs> uh, that is a moment when suddenly you see in that person's eyes, oh, I never 
thought of it quite that way. I never thought to approach this problem in that way. I never thought to approach this character in that way, whatever it might be. And that's what you're there to do as a teacher, is to say, well, look at it this way. Maybe that'll help. I coach 50 Cent in the beginning, like first coaching he's ever had. And he kept saying to me, Tracy, how do I say these lines? How do I say these lines? And I said, 50, when you understand what you're saying, you know how to say it. And so right then I saw this light bulb go off and I was like, oh my God, he's going to take this information and just soar and well, present day. But, (laughs) um, you know, it, it was just an adjustment, you know, it's adjustments like that, that help the actors and they're able to, it's a connection. And once they connect, you know they're going to be able to continue connecting and then their body of work happens and so on and so on. So my job, I feel like, is to tweak, especially celebrities, tweak what they already have. Tracy Moore and Joe Morton joins us from Crackles Inside the Black Box Beyond the Mic. You share experiences spotlighting the world's greatest black entertainers, but I want to know the ultimate one. Who is that one guest that if they did your show, you could just say, I'm done. Happy we could stop here. I was just saying to myself, that one guest was Joe Morton (laughs) on the sizzle reel. (laughs) Now it's like, okay, who after? Um, You know, I mean, there's a plethora of, but I would say personally, there would be two. I've never worked with them before, but it would be for me, Angela Bassett and Denzel Washington. Uh, I was going to say that actor doesn't exist because their stories are all so individual. And, well, of course, we want the show to last for, oh, four, five, six, seven seasons. So so that one actor, I mean, there is, I don't know that there is one actor. I mean, if I if I thought about it, sure, I'd love to have, I'd love to have Denzel on the show. I'd love to have Morgan Freeman on the show. I'd love wow. to have Viola Davis on the show and Angela Bassett, all these actors. But they all will bring a unique difference because their their stories are not the same in any way, shape, or form. So there is no one person for me that would sort of do the trick. For me, it will be the accumulation of all of these actors telling their stories. And it will be, you know, the actors that we are so-called training who go off and do something and maybe come back to tell us what they've done. And it continues on. Yeah. What person no longer on this earth would you want to have 20 minutes with to learn, laugh, and listen to? Uh, other than Jesus Christ, you mean? I suppose, oh gosh, Martin Luther King, Dick Gregory, those two in particular. I would say Richard Pryor and Miles Davis. Ah. Tracy Moore and Joe Morton joins us from Crackles Inside the Black Box. And it's time for the Rocky Need. It's just eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Since we have two guests, we'll split the eight in half and start with ladies first. Tracy. If you could sprinkle pixie dust on a person and give them one gift, what would that gift be? I have sprinkle dust. Love. Joe, what was the last time you went and enjoyed a simple, easy canoe ride? Uh, just, just this past summer. I live on a lake. Tracy, what's your favorite scented candle? Must. Joe, what's the best blues album of all time? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the Miles Davis uh, 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 Blue. What was it called, Tracy? Kind of blue. Kind of blue. Kind of blue. blue. Yes, kind of blue. Tracy, what's your favorite moment from the Pacific Conservatory of Performing Arts? Um, when Dorian Wilson and I got kicked out of class, but it was really me, and then they just let Dorian go <laughs> to sit with me. So, <laughs> what did you do? Um, 
Okay. Well, we were in the singing class. And so Dory and I were the only African-Americans, people of color, period. When Dory and I sang a duet, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. And so the class would give us feedback. And so one of the um, actresses said, why do you guys always sing black songs? And I said, why do you always sing white songs? And they thought I was aggressive and I had to go sit outside. (laughs) Joe, what was the first act you ever saw at the Apollo? Sammy Davis Jr. And I also want to add one other thing uh, in terms of blues albums. I couldn't talk about the blues without talking about Robert Johnson. Mm. Tracy, the list of people you have discovered is a who's who of talent. But who is the person, that one star you're kicking yourself over? I mean, man, I wish I could have discovered them. Uh, Queen Latifah. Joe, what was the first instrument you were given and you still have it? Guitar. I still have it. I still play it. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. From Crackles Inside the Black Box, it is Joe Morton and Tracy Moore Beyond the Mic. Joe, how's your father's effort to integrate the United States Army change the way you see the world? Oh my gosh, Uh, how long do you have here? You have to remember, my father died when I was 10. So the things that I learned from him uh, were multifold in that, one, you have to learn how to find someone that you can trust in order to do what it is you want to do. Two, I discovered that it doesn't matter in terms of integration. Integration is something that you can um, sort of make happen vis-a-vis law, but you can't make it happen vis-a-vis people's hearts. Three, it, you know, the world is a political world. I think a lot of what he went through certainly helped me with uh, Rowan in Scandal in terms of the political world that that person uh, lived in. Four, I guess he taught me about the thing that Tracy talks about all the time, which is who to love, how to love, and when to love. Tracy, March 13th, 2017, you said, quote, we have such a great show in store for you, America, unquote. How has the dream of this show, now a reality, changed the way you dream? Well, I've always dreamt this way. So when I was 21 and I got on a plane from San Francisco and I had $200, a one-way ticket in a trunk, I was on the plane like I could do all things through God who strengthens me. That was my mantra. I think for me, it was more about my children and my grandchild because they were able to observe this whole process for 19 years. And so what it's taught them is to never give up on your dreams. Dreams do come true and that there's no time stamp, right? Like, you know, I I never thought at one point to give up. If anything, the no's motivated me even more and pushed me even more. So I am an adamant believer in dreams and i feel that really my purpose here is to work with actors on their journey and achieving their dreams as well for both of you who are the talented people that america haven't seen yet that have crossed your eye and you instantly said man they're gonna go far um i would have to say there's a plethora I, I realized when I sit down and write my memoirs, like I just want to hold on to the memory of the names. But I, I want to say Terrence J, who used to be a one of six in Park, because when I first met him, um, him and his brother, who was his manager, they were living in the, their car. And he had just gotten the job at 106 in Park. And they saved their first check to take me to a really super fancy restaurant in Manhattan, which I didn't really care about, but I was grateful for the meal. 
and he told me everything that he wanted to do, and he's overexceeded that, including winning an Oscar for a short film that he produced last year. The, I, I think the biggest thing for me is to be able to hear the dreams that my clients have and then to actually be on the journey and witness the manifestation of it. And he's just one. But right now, and Joe knows as well because there a lot of them are on our show, since we started season one, at least 20 of the actors have gotten agents, casting directors, eyes on them, or they've been booked for jobs. The actors that we have on the show that have now sort of found the beginning of their path in terms of professionalism um, are the actors. I think, you know, I'd love to see what they're, what they've, if I were around 20 years from now uh, to see where they're at. There's a a few of them in particular that, that I think uh, the world will hear from. Joe, what do you want to be remembered for? I suppose, (laughs) you know, I hate questions like that. And I'll tell you why. Um, I hate questions like that because it, it is talking about legacy. And legacy is not really sort of up to me. It's up to who I leave behind. I think people will remember me, hopefully, for the work that I've done. I think people will hopefully remember me by the people that I have loved. And I think people will remember me for the things that I tried to accomplish that were positive. Legacy is important, but I always try to put good out into the world and hope it returns. I'm normally the person behind the scenes making things happen for other people. The photographer rather than the subject. In my mind... I don't have to be the one who gets the glory because if I touch someone's life, I've made a difference. I tell my children, no one's going to remember my credits. They'll just remember the type of person that I am. So every day I, I want to be a better mother, a better grandma, a better friend, daughter, sister. That's my goal every day. Tracy, who touched your heart first in this field and changed the way you are forever? I, Scott. Director Mm. Oz Scott. I was 12 years old. My mother took me to see for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough at ACT in San Francisco. And um, that play changed my life. Like I wanted everything that I saw. I wanted. That's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't think of anything else. And my mother was like, well, you can't be an actress because you have to be a lawyer or a doctor. And I was like, well, if I'm an actress, I could play a doctor. I could play a lawyer. And they didn't think that was funny. Um, so I believe that. Um, and then this is the, 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 the spirit world, because when I do New York, I'm, I'm on New York Undercover in 1995. And one of the first directors I work with is Oscott. And I literally broke down crying, telling him, like, the reason why I'm here is because of you. And what are mm. the chances? And now, like, I became friends with him. So so how did that friendship change and evolve you as a person? Well, I was a fan that he didn't know about. And then once we became friends, we actually were working on a project together. And I was producing, and he was one of the directors that I wanted to hire. So to be in a position to be able to hire the person that inspired me, like it doesn't get any crazier than that. So he inspired me. He, he inspired me one as a director, but um, just as a, a human being, like I thought I, I would freak him out because I was such a super fan, but you know, he told me to breathe and then, he, you know, he, he just, uh, he's very gracious with um, feedback and, constructive criticism so that's how it evolved joe we could talk about papa pope but there are roles that you think that didn't get the attention you thought it deserved and has the greatest piece of your heart what is it 
Oh, I think um, Brother from Another Planet probably fills that bill. One, because it was the first lead I ever had in a film or a television show. Uh, I loved working with John Sayles um, uh, to play a character where I had to express all kinds of things and the character had no vocal apparatus was extraordinary and, and a wonderful world to be in. Um, to play a character who was in a world that was not his, and so he had to learn things from, almost from the very beginning, I think was, again, a real challenge. So I, lo- I just loved it, and it remains my favorite film. Me too. When you work with someone, a friendship can develop. Tracy, you said it was a dream to work with Joe. <laughs> you two together on stage, it's palpable. Uh-huh. How has working with Joe and this show changed you? Working with Joe is definitely um, the crescendo in my life right now. (laughs) It is the highlight. It is the mountaintop. You know, if there's anything higher than this, I need to prep myself. (laughs) Because, you know, every every time I work with Joe, every time I have a conversation with Joe, I feel like it can't get any better and then it gets better. So it's like, it's a con- that's consistent. I feel like over the years, I've built a friendship with him where um, I cherish that friendship. He has been a motivation for me. And even times like his presence is so powerful. In my life experience, I have been around Denzel, also Oprah Winfrey. I've had the pleasure and their presence is undeniable. And that is the presence in which Joe, he embodies. And so for me, during the times in which I was like, okay, I want to get this show because I know how busy he is. I know how, you know, he works and it's like, I just want the show to happen. But at the same time, you know, there's a patience that's like, as we're on this journey, we are bonding, we're getting stronger together and, you know, our ideas and it's, it's a blessing. And I'm so grateful that because I, I, I was hesitant about approaching him. I don't know if he knows it, but I was really hesitant because I was like, ah, brother from another planet. Cause that's my favorite. I was like, ah, his daughter Hopi encouraged me, which was a blessing. And so I'm just every day, like I pray in seconds, in seconds, literally. And so every day I'm just praying like thank today. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you before this interview. It doesn't, in my opinion, Sean, it doesn't get any better than this. And if it does, I have to brace myself because I'm overwhelmed right now. <laughs> Joe, same question. I think Tracy is brilliant. I mean, I think this is an incredible idea that she's had to to do two things at, at the same time. One is to get stories from these incredible actors that we both know and have been around for most of our careers and develop stories and talent and uh, passageways for these younger actors who are looking for someone to help them get started. Um, Tracy and I, I think from the very, you know, there are certain actors that I've worked with that from the very get, from the moment that you start, the sparks fly, the relationship is there, and you're just working. You're not even thinking about it. And that's what it's been with Tracy, is that from the moment we started doing this, um, I listen to her, I listen to what she's, what she's trying to achieve, she listens to me, we go back and forth, we work out how we want to get that done, and we've been doing it, you know, and we've been doing it without laboring over 
the how, as far as we're concerned, what, what we need to do. So that's that. I mean, there are lots of things we need to sort of work out with other people. But between the two of us, I think the mission is clear. And it just, you know, she just lights me up. <laughs> Tracy, if you could have cast in any series or film and replaced Joe with any actor, which would it be? Wow. Well, can Scandal keep going on? Maybe a sequel. Control me. Because <laughs> then I, I would cast them. I don't want to take her job, but I would cast them in Scandal. Wow. Um. Oh, man, I would like to see him like right now. I'm really fascinated with Jonathan Majors. So I would like to see Joe and Jonathan Majors in something. Mm. Yeah, I would craft. I would bring Lovecraft back. <laughs> Joe, Courtney Vance. Oh, my God. Ideas are always available beyond the mic. <laughs> Joe, what did you use your first check for? My very first check, I think to pay the rent is what I used it for. I was living uh, uptown. My first job was doing uh, a piece at uh, Brooklyn. It was, uh, you know, uh, anyway, it was for the rent. <laughs> it really was <laughs> for the rent. Um, that's really what it went for. Queens Village for me. Queens Village. Oh. I was uptown on 155th Street. Uh, near the old Native American Museum. There was a uh, cemetery there as well, sharing an apartment with a school bus. As you both continue to teach, mentor, and help others, how has this experience changed you? You know, teaching is a really, it's an interesting thing, at least it was for me. I taught it not only in this, in this situation with Inside the Black Box, but I taught a semester at Fordham. And the one thing I found difficult, I mean, I came home exhausted, uh, every night. And the one thing I found difficult and interesting was that I had to figure out a way how to tell these students what I do now instinctively, but to be able to sort of lay it out in a way that made sense in terms of teaching somebody else how to approach a character or a, or a piece or uh, a monologue, whatever it might be. Um, it, suddenly it, it became, all right, so how do I explain what this is? And I found that fascinating. I feel like with um, my students, aspiring and working actors that I work with in my class, I give them truth because I feel like I have the best of both worlds. I'm a casting director and I'm a coach teacher. But with my celebrity clients, I would say trust, and which is huge <laughs> with them. You know, it's like I don't go to TMZ or Entertainment Tonight with stories. And so that's something that, and, and sometimes in some cases, I think I was kind of set up to see, you know, but I would think that I, actors trust me and that's really huge for me. And when they trust me, they're comfortable and then they allow themselves to take risks and chances and, and make different choices in that space that we create. So I would say that. From inside the black box, it is Tracy Moore and Joe Morton beyond the mic. You can teach someone reading, morals, how to perform, but you can't teach heart. Where do you see the heart of the next generation? Does it give you pause or hope? Well, I was going to say this because I have a 10-year-old granddaughter and I am concerned about the future for her. Some days I wake up and think Hunger Games. And then some days I wake up and think maybe we'll come to a resolution and we'll all love each other and take care of each other. 
but in the preparation for what is going to be, I grew up in the backdrop of civil rights and I know what that did for me as a young person and made me stronger and, and, and the values in which I was taught. So I teach Soraya and it's going to sound funny, but I teach her from music, right? So the OJs have a song, you know, backstabbers. So I say to Soraya, they smile in your face all the time. They want to take your place, the backstabbers. And so I just guide her in because in the seventies they dropped wisdom in music. Oh yeah, they did. They they spoke words. I don't know what they're saying today in music. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm like, well, say something. If you have words, use them. But I feel like my job right now is really to prepare my granddaughter and my children for what we don't know. And if they continue to lead with love then I feel like I've done my job because I feel like love does conquer everything. And sometimes we have to be patient. Sometimes we have to be tolerable, but I always tell them to lead with love and backstabbers. You know, I think the, especially in this country, the, the experience of young people is so wide and varied. I mean, I think if you grow up in a rural neighborhood, it's nothing like growing, growing up in the city. And then there's that, that constant kind of conflict between cities and su- suburbs. And all of these different cultures and communities, if you will, sort of approach the world in different ways. And what we seem to be having a hard time understanding is how to take all of our different perspectives and put them together so that it, it, it culminates in something that's positive. It seems to me that the world is at present more at each other's throats than they are sort of trying to help one another. So I think the difficulty for parents and grandparents is to try to teach just what Tracy said, love, the idea that you're here to help someone that you're that a helping hand means that there are two hands and three hands and four hands that are all pulling in hopefully the same direction and i think that's these days a hard concept to try to get your mind around you know i'm i'm reading the 1619 project and mm-hmm. hearing that in florida they want to ban a book just like that and so right away my my worry is well see that's not helping the problem that's inflaming the problem um, so, so I think that in terms of your question, I think there's a lot of young people out there who have a lot of heart, but some of them may be trying to protect that heart in the only ways they know how because of what's coming at them. Other ones um, may not know what to do with it because it seems like they're outpaced and outnumbered and, and outweaponed, if you will. So my hope is that we will all learn somehow that coming together as sort of Pollyannish as that sounds, but as coming together is a, certainly a better approach to life than being at each other's throats. Joe loves the blues of Robert mm. Johnson. Tracy got kicked out of a vocal class for starting a fight. <laughs> and they want you to experience inside the black box on Crackle. Tracy Moore, Joe Morton, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.